0: For listening to the Red Letter Business Podcast, presented by Christian Businessmen's Connection, Oklahoma. Each episode, we're talking with ordinary businessmen who have impacted the lives of others as they live out their faith at work. That's the mission of CBMC, helping men know God, discover His purpose in their work, and make a significant impact in the lives of others. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to the Red Letter Business Podcast. My name is Tyler DuBose, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Adrian Saavedra. Adrian, how are we doing today?
1: I'm really excited today. We're we're going to continue in our our study of what we're calling James on Business, Uh, and today's passage is going to deal with faith and deeds, faith and works, and so uh, we're going to be looking at James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. I'm going to read just a little bit about of that passage here before we jump in. Uh, And and starting in verse 14, it says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if somebody claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if if it is not accompanied by... Action is dead. But some will say you have faith, and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. And so, as we were kind of thinking about this, Tyler, of of who we could bring in um, to really talk about this passage through very, you know, through their experience. In the marketplace, the first name that came to my mind was Bo Parish, And so Bo is here with us today. Bo, if uh, you ever want to find Bo um, and meet him in person, you can go pretty much any day of the week to Table 36 at Panera Bread here in Edmond, and you will see him early in the morning there. It's a very that's,
0: specific location.
1: It is very specific Every location. Every
0: time? Every day, That's 20 years—that's awesome.
1: Every day for the past 20 years, and and so Bo, uh, that is exactly how I met Bo Parish uh, at Table 36 at Panera Bread. Um, but Bo is is has started a company that is still in existence today, Corporate Care, started in September of 1987, uh, 34 years. So Bo, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you very much, Adrian. It is a pleasure to be here. I love what you guys are doing.
1: Well, Bo, tell tell us a little bit about yourself, about your ministry before we jump in.
2: Well, um, you know, uh, as I think about the beginning of this journey, a friend of mine, his name is Scott Lewis, and I co-founded Corporate Care. Mm -hmm. Scott died early. He died at age 50, and uh, it's horribly inconvenient of him, and (laughs) we'll have a talk about that one of these days. But uh, I jumped out of my sales director job into my own company. I was in corporate America. I, I was a part of two Fortune 50 sales teams and sales management uh, role. And and that was an incredible journey for me as well. And it was through being a district sales manager with five locations and about 50 salespeople in, in uh, five different cities that I began to understand how important caring for employees was because our team was scattered all over five cities. And interestingly enough, most of those salespeople were kind of broken. Mm -hmm. And so first thing I had to do is the old pastoral role kicked up in me and I I had to care for them because they don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. That's the truth. And uh, so I began to care for them and over the next 15 months or so, I didn't fire any, I didn't hire any, but we went from 114th out of 116 all the way to number one. And uh, the Lord just yeah. let his favor shine upon us, and they felt cared for, and it, and it turned around. Wow,
1: that's well, that's incredible. an amazing story. So y- you might have some salespeople just banging down your door, <laughs> wait, starting to line right. at table 36 <laughs> to hear how you went from 114th to, to number one. So uh, I shouldn't have probably given away your location because you might have a lot of guys take you up on that. But, but that's, that's amazing. But that's, that's a little bit about what we're talking about, you know, ha- having what we believe turned into action, right? And so um, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. How have you seen in all your experience, Bo, uh, in both corporate America and then now what you currently do, And you work with lots of different companies. So you've probably seen companies that do this well and probably companies that don't do this all that well. But discuss how kind of our faith produces actions, right? How how, how does that happen?
2: Well, let me back up just a second and say, where does faith come from? Right. Well, first of all, faith comes from hearing. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. That's right. So we have to, first of all, to have faith, we have to hear. And to hear, we have to listen. To listen, we have to schedule some time in silence so that we can hear the voice of God. Uh, It's in the silence that we hear the whispers. Mm. And so as I'm sitting on my sofa in the wee hours of the morning, normally around 4 a.m., I will sit there. The first thing I do is I say, good morning, Lord. And he Mm. says, good morning, Bo. And every time I hear his voice, it brings tears to my eyes uh, when he speaks my name. He knows our name. He knows everything about us. You know, if faith comes by hearing, and Hebrews 11:6 says that uh, without faith, without hearing, it's impossible to please him. That's right. Mm. Well, once we've heard, then we have an obligation to act on what we hear. Even though nothing's changed, that's where faith is involved. You hear, but you, you need to act before you just presume. So once you hear the Father's voice, He says in Second uh, Corinthians five ten. He says to hold, or maybe it's ten five. Sorry, uh, to hold every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Well, holding what He whispered in the wee hours of the morning, captive, so that we can walk that out as everyone else's day begins is really what he's talking about. So in yeah. James 2, when he says faith without works, it's dead. Well, it's dead if we do nothing with what we've heard. That's right. Mm-hmm. That, that
1: almost goes back to a previous episode that we've recorded having Claire de Graff in and, and, and his example of the 10-second rule, right? That's right. Once you hear something from the Holy Spirit... Do the next thing you're reasonably certain Jesus would have you do, and do it in the next ten seconds. Yep. Right? That's His idea. Is don't wait, hold it captive, and follow with obedience. So, uh, Bo, you know, does anything come to mind of how you've actually seen that? I'm certainly that's played out in your own personal life. Have you seen that uh, that exact same thing take hold in somebody else's life?
2: I've seen that numerous times in CEOs across. Uh, our client base where they're walking through and one of the things that i encourage every ceo to do is block off 30 minutes to an hour every week and just walk your halls step into some offices don't carry a pen and paper don't do just go listen to your Mm. people and love your people and i call that mbra you know you know what an mba is I do. <laughs> okay, well, an MBRA is management by roaming around, and, and it works really well. So I've encouraged all of our, our client CEOs to block some time to walk around. One, one of the CEOs recently was walking around. This was a couple of years ago, I say recently. Um, he was walking through his business when he came across one of his employees who was going to be off for a few days because his young, I think she was six at the time, uh, could have been eight-year-old daughter who was really struggling with cystic fibrosis, which is a breathing disease right. where your lungs stick together. It's real hard to breathe. Yeah. And he stepped in. he knelt down by his employee's chair as he's sitting in his chair, and he began to pray for Gracie. That was her name. And, uh, and prayed for this employee and his wife as they're getting ready to travel over to Memphis to the uh, St. Jude's Hospital over there. And... Uh, It was one of those divine moments. It was a divine appointment by the Lord that uh, this CEO specifically was just so good at listening to the voice of God and hitting the halls.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's, Bo, you and I, on a personal level, we've talked about this often of, you know, I describe writing my my calendar in pencil, right? Because we never really know... um, what God's going to bring on any given day. And if we don't leave room for those divine appointments, for those times when God is going to call us into action, if we just are so task-oriented that I've got to get this next thing done, got to get this next thing done. But before you know it, a whole day's gone. And, and once you know it, you've done a lot of things, but there's still a lot more to do that you never get done with. But you've spent very little time with the people that God's put around you, and so that's the challenge that we try to 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 get people to orient their life to walk in a pace. Jesus was always intentional, but he never seemed like he was ever in a hurry. And he got everything. He says at the end of his life, "I finished everything you've given me to do." So he got everything done.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, um, and so that's the challenge I think I hear you saying is is getting CEOs and getting uh, businessmen and people who are managing people to be able to leave room for the Holy Spirit to work in their life
2: um, one of the things that I've learned I've become very and you use the word intentional right. about showing up an hour early or an hour uh, remaining behind an hour so that it gives some margin to the Holy Spirit if he wanted to bring somebody else to my table or to my desk or wherever I happen to be, if it's in a grocery store or whatever. I, I love this story. My wife was at the grocery store. This was, this was about a year ago. I, it was pouring down rain. And there was this elderly woman walking to her car. She's trying to push the cart, hold an umbrella, and keep her groceries dry at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she just couldn't get it all done. And so Nancy kind of hustled across the parking lot to hold. I've got this giant golf umbrella. To hold it over her. And she looks up at her. Tears are running down. We thought it was just the rain, but it was yeah. tears. What? And she asked her if she was okay. And would you mind if I helped? And she goes, well, I lost my husband this week. Oh, goodness. goodness and she's gracious. by herself in the rain trying to get her groceries. You see, when we walk around, Jesus always noticed the lame man by the road he noticed the woman with the issue of blood he noticed the short guy up in the tree he noticed and I don't care how large the crowd was he walked slowly enough and he had eyes to see and ears to hear right and that's that's a an intentional thing that the, the more we do we get better at it mm-hmm. so my prayer for my CEOs is I want them to walk slowly like Jesus did, so that he notices things.
1: Wow. Well, that's that's a good word. So, if um, if we're trying to encourage somebody who's listening to this podcast, and and uh, somebody who is trying to say, you know, I would like to be more intentional in my work. I'd like to uh, find purpose and meaning and significance in what it, whatever it is that I'm doing, whether I'm a banker, or a lawyer, or pushing paper, whatever. Uh, You know, what are some of those characteristics of of businessmen that you have worked with that have been so convicted by what God's doing in their life that it influences the way that they work? So what are some some of those in in your experience?
2: First of all, I've emphasized that God didn't give you all these people to build a big business. He gave you a business to build big people. I love that. And that paradigm shift is paramount. In becoming a Kingdom business owner, a Kingdom business owner, you're talking about qualities or characteristics. Um, someone who is knowledgeable of the Word of God. Um, you don't have to be a scholar, but right. you, but you need to read the Word a lot. You know, I mean, I don't mean a long time, but over the years, you're disciplined, and anything you do over time makes a huge difference. Sure. I don't I don't read my Bible every single day. I read it every single day and then some. <laughs> I love that because it's amazing as I'm walking through what I've read that morning, God always seems to bring up in a conversation that is, as Proverbs says, a, a, a timely word is like apples of gold and settings of silver. Right. There's nothing more important than the timing of God whether it's a spoken word, whether it's a deed or an act, or just being present. Because there's two times when people need you. That's when they need you and when they need you. And we've got to be there when people need us. I'm not yeah. a scholar, guys, but I can tell you, when people need you, they need you.
1: That's right. And Jesus doesn't require us to be scholars, right, Tyler? Right. I mean,
2: Thank goodness.
1: Yeah, th- <laughs> thankfully. I mean, He, he t- was
2: a scholar carpenter. <laughs> right. Well, the,
1: the good thing about it is, you know, I don't know a lot. But I know that Jesus took a bunch of what what the word says unschooled fishermen
2: and changed the world yeah he took a bunch of business guys, yeah Yeah. So, yeah if he can do that
1: with them, then certainly he can he can use me with where I'm at, but part of that is exactly what you said you've got to know the word
2: it, it helps to have the foundation the the biblical foundation for Above uh, knowledge, there's no substitute for knowledge. Knowledge isn't a, a barometer of how mature we are, but it is something that's very, very valuable in being a kingdom business owner. You got to know what the biblical principles are in order to follow those. Yeah. So it's somebody that does that. It's somebody that that listens to the Holy Spirit, and and it's a moment by moment, breath by breath. It's not a day by day thing. It's a breath by breath, intentional listening his voice because he'll interrupt any conversation he'll start speaking to you you know my wife interrupts and i'm watching tv and she interrupts and i can't hear either one (laughs) but if i'm having a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden the holy spirit interrupts i can hear both right it's crazy how that happens but it happens and so being intentional it's very easy to miss it so it's very important that we become very intentional about being on point for listening being a good listener mm. to the Holy Spirit yeah. um, so
1: that just that, that that theme just keeps coming up in, in uh, conversation after conversation and I will say I can only speak for myself Tyler I'll let you speak for yourself but man being a good listener does not come natural to me yeah. I have really got to practice at it and uh, as I start practicing I realize how bad I am at it and so Uh, That's been something that the Lord's been doing personally in my life, is teaching me to listen, uh, just to, whoever I'm with in the moment, not try to formulate my next answer, but just to listen. And as I do that, I've learned that, as you said, as I'm listening and really focusing on the person that God has put in front of me, where they're at, the Holy Spirit will start to speak. I don't need to have the words. I don't need this person to know how smart I am or how I can articulate this doctrine or whatever or give them advice that's going to change your life, the the Holy Spirit will bring what that person needs at that time.
2: He's really good at it. Amen. He's really good at it. (laughs) In my book, I have listed what I call the top ten qualities or characteristics of a kingdom, kingdom business owner. Right. And they're all listed there. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's a Bible plan being launched with the same name, uh, 10 Qualities of a Kingdom Business Owner." It's going to be launched on uh, June the 11th. Oh! So I'm real excited about that coming out as well.
1: Wow, that's great! It's
2: greatly expanded from what's in the book. So uh, be sure you look for that as well. Is on the U version app. On the U version app. Very cool.
1: Well, that's amazing. Yeah. And so I will tell you. Uh, that this episode won't launch, won't launch before then. So we will make sure that we include that in the show notes Thank you. so that everyone who listens to this, um, will have, figure out how they can access your book here, which we're going to talk about blueprint, blueprint of a kingdom business, but also be able to figure out how to access that, that Bible plan. I didn't know that. So, um, that I'm encouraged to hear that Bo.
2: I was excited. Uh, my publisher was really on me about getting that done. Wow. And uh, because when you have a platform of 400 million people, it's kind of important uh, to help with the book. So it kind of cross-sells each other. Well, cool. That's
1: awesome. Yeah. So, um, Bo, we've talked about what that can look like in a positive way. So um, as a Christian businessman, what, what can happen if our actions don't? Align with what we profess to believe. I mean, I think that's something that that uh, we don't we don't hear about enough. You know, we know what we're called to do. It's harder to practice. It's than hard to it, actually do it. Hard to actually do it. Yeah. But we don't often talk about. Well, what if we don't? What's at stake here?
2: Souls. Yeah. Mm. A lot of souls. If you're if you're a kingdom business owner, if you're a business owner who is a professing Christian and you don't walk the talk, they know. Mm -hmm. They know. They know enough of the word to know. This doesn't feel right to me. And they lose respect first, and then they start leaving the company. They don't want to work for someone they can't respect. And unfortunately, I've seen that as well. Well, a lot of guys fly their Christian flag pretty high, either in their logo or something like that doesn't leave much margin for error because we're going to make mistakes. Christians aren't perfect. Um, and so if you fly that flag uh, and you make mistakes, the world's going to see that and see it as not walking the talk, even though we know it as a mistake. And we all make mistakes. And it's one thing to make mistakes. It's another thing to be almost intentional in violating the principles in the, in the book. So... Mm-hmm. And repeatedly doing that. Um, and repeatedly doing it. Yeah. You know, it's it becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes back to that thought thing. We have a thought, and out of that thought we form our beliefs. Because I'm not going to believe something I don't think about. Right. And and when once we form those beliefs, we take action. Because if I think it's okay to do this, then I'm going to act on it. So out of the, your belief comes actions. Those actions, if, if, if we believe it and we act on it and we... Uh, Uh, Going forward, it forms habits. And those habits then shape our character. Right. Good character, good habits, bad character, bad habits. Uh, And it's our character that determines our destiny. And our, our destiny is what really leaves our legacy. So it all goes back to thoughts. We've got to think it, we've got to believe it, and we've got to live it. Otherwise, we won't have much fruit
0: for the kingdom what do you think that means to to hold a thought captive well you know that might be a loaded question but that's something that that, you know i've tried to answer and figure out myself just what does that even what does that mean
2: well when jesus went in the garden and early in john 14 and 15 when the vine and the branches and you remember that conversation he he shared he says guys you've got to abide in the vine if you don't abide in the vine, you can do nothing. I only do what I see my father doing. Well, where does he see that? He sees that in prayer. I, I, he didn't even have the liberty to have his own agenda. He only did what he saw his father doing. So he was locked in to holding thoughts captive and doing what his father did. To me, it's an offensive thing. It's not a defensive. I've always used that okay. as a defensive mechanism. You see this hot woman? She's walking down. You got to hold that thought, Captain. I'm not going to go there. You know. Well, that's yeah. never happened to me, but. Well, I, I figured.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, uh, uh, it, we don't play defense, guys. We play yeah. offense. Right. We that's have good. no defensive armor. It's all offensive armor. So when we hear the whispers of our Father in the early morning, here's here's how I do that, okay? He begins to download stuff to me in the early morning hours. And as He speaks to me, I then re-speak what He just spoke. It goes into my phone, it types it out, and I keep that. And then as I'm going through my day, I can email that to somebody or I can read it to somebody. And I have seen people crumble knowing that that is... Absolutely, a perfect word for them for that moment. So I held that thought captive and then released that mm. as he directed throughout my day. And sometimes I can go weeks and remember one and it's for this situation. So it's written, I, I can go at four o'clock in the morning if I'm praying and I'm speaking, okay, I can forget by eight o'clock what I prayed, mm-hmm. right. okay? Well, I don't forget... If I put it in there and I'm repeating after him and it's recording it and typing it, then I've captured that word and I'll use that as he directs throughout the day.
1: Well, I love that. And and earlier you were talking about, you know, this, this faith comes from hearing, right? And then we think about it and that turns into beliefs which guides our... Some would call action. I would call conviction. Right? Sure. Conviction, and eventually that ends up with with legacy. And I love uh, what what um, God's been working on me here a lot lately is is Jesus's call for us to work for not things that are going to perish, but but things that are going to endure forever and, and, and to eternity that's truly what our legacy is right
0: what does our, our compadre Harold say the only two things that last forever
1: yeah God the words of God and the souls of and men souls, right and, men. and so uh, and so I would say if you, here's the question I would ask you uh, on that if somebody's sitting here listening and like man I don't I don't really know what I believe or if I'm following through with my convictions, Or, you know, my actions don't really line up with my faith or what I at least profess to believe. What are some questions that we might ask ourselves to kind of help properly self-diagnose where we're at right now? Because truly the only thing that matters are where you are right now. Uh, and, And God meets us where we are, thankfully. He doesn't require us to be somewhere before He meets with us. So how does somebody kind of self-diagnose what are some good questions to ask ourselves to figure out where our spiritual health is at the moment
2: that's a great question Uh, that's why reading his word every morning is that's the best check and balance because I pray what I read and as he reveals more and more of himself uh, I, I, I look at myself first and say, am I doing this? Do I really believe this? Uh, a friend of mine years ago put on his phone, he says, you do what you believe. That's right. And everything else is just religious talk. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what, that is the truth.
1: I, I, I believe that as well. I always, always say, you know, our actions are really going to sp- – this is a common expression. Our actions speak louder than our words. Everybody says that, but where that really hits the ro- the road, right, is is what ha- I use this example. If I tell people I want to lose weight, but I also, in my in my spirit, really love chocolate ice cream, one of those two things is going to actually play out. I'm actually going to say, you know what? I love chocolate ice cream, but I'm gonna I really care more about losing weight, and I'm going to lose weight, or I'm going to tell people I want to lose weight. But man, I really love this chocolate ice cream, and I'm probably not going to lose weight. <laughs> so uh, I say that to say whatever's strongest in our motivations and our convictions is really going to what's what be what is played out in reality. And so um, that's great. I love asking asking that question and I've heard testimony after testimony of people who read the Word of God and say is this really what my life looks like and that leads to transformation
2: well that also leads to the next step in this journey and that is you've got to have a mentor or somebody who will be willing to disciple you that they can see your blind spots we all have blind spots um, but it's rare that we can see our own blind spot. Um, we need the eyes of someone else upon us. Certainly we have our spouse, and they'll be brutally honest with us, okay? But yeah. to have a brother that we can sit across the table and and, and get honest with one another, I, I mean really honest, mm. and, and share with us, and we can ask that brother, and we trust him, uh, that's really, the next level of this journey, guys, is when we submit ourselves to one another and, and allow somebody else to speak into our lives and to allow us to see into their life <clears throat> so that we can, we can measure off of each other and, and, and off of the word of God. It, it's imperative that we have one-on-one relationship with another man. Oh. We have to do that.
1: I couldn't agree more, and and so I want to make sure that before we get off of of this um, podcast that we do talk about your book, because that is one of the big takeaways in your book.
2: That's one of the greatest qualities of a kingdom business owner. That's right. Is This man has become not only a disciple, but a disciple maker.
1: Okay, which is what attracted me to want to build a relationship with you, Bo, because I knew that was something that you were passionate about, and that's something that I'm passionate about, and that's something that we work with here at CBMC, is to try to encourage um, men into these discipling relationships, both that they, everything that we need to be doing in the lives of others, discipling others, making disciples, is the exact same thing that we actually need, that we need to have this in our own lives as well. And so let's... um, I want to encourage everyone first to pick up uh, Bo's book, and we're going to leave that in the show notes of how you can access that uh, and get that. But I want to just talk just very briefly, the last thing. We ask every person that sits in that chair there, Bo, that comes onto our podcast, personally, what role has discipleship played in your life, both in somebody pouring into your life, but also, I know, Bo, that you meet with several people, Uh, on a consistent basis and what that's done for you to be able to pour into somebody else's life. If you don't mind sharing just uh, what what that's looked like in your own life, in your own development.
2: It keeps me humble, number one. I, um, you can't give what you don't have. Right. You just can't. They'll see through that in a New York minute. It's imperative that I go back to the well every morning that I go back into his presence every day. And then I leave his presence and go into the presence of these men. I've got 13 guys that I meet with right now, one-on-one literally seven days a week, every morning, even Sunday morning before church. I go pick up a homeless guy. We eat breakfast together. I've been discipling him for about two years, two and a half years, and then bring him to church with me. Wow. And, um, I, I knew his family, he's a great athlete, he was a state champion, All-American wrestler at OGU years ago, and he got, his first week in college got introduced to meth, mm. and it ruined his life. He's homeless, he's still homeless, but he's growing finally, spiritually, and uh, and he's beginning to take some ground. And that doesn't happen if you're not willing to, to spend T-I-M-E with people. Oh man. Mm-hmm. You see, it takes a little while to catch what this walk is all about. So much of it's caught more than taught. So we have to lay our lives open and hope that they catch how to listen to God. Because without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Right. That's the main thing that I teach. You've got to learn how to hear the voice of God and follow
1: Him. That's right. That, that, that's right. Uh, that's, that's what the Apostle Paul says. Imitate me. As I imitate Christ, right? I'm that's it. all I'm trying to do is follow follow Him, and that's all I want for you as well. And it does; it's costly. It does take time, at the very minimal. But, but Paul says in First Thessalonians that we didn't just share a word with you; we didn't just share a message with you. We shared our very lives with you, and that's the thing that um, that we're encouraging these men is: we none of us have gotten here by ourselves. Uh, somebody's always We've all stand on the shoulders of others, but more than that, um, we've been blessed by the relationships that God's put into our lives. Uh, you being one of them, Bo, I've been tremendously encouraged and blessed by you, Thank
0: uh, you in
1: the short time that I've known you. And so that's exactly what God is calling us to do in other people. And so uh, if you're listening to this, if you happen to, to hear this, uh, please reach out to us. Get connected with with us on our website uh, cbmcok.com because we would love to have that conversation of what that could look like in your life. Maybe you're somebody that's also saying, you know, I've I've been a consumer of church for so long. I've I've been blessed by people pouring into me, but I've never taken the time to have an intentional relationship with somebody else. Connect with us as well because we would love to come alongside you and have that conversation with you of what that could look like how God could use your life in purposeful and intentional ways. And I would submit to you there's nothing more joyful that you could be spending your time doing. And so, Bo, we really appreciate you coming absolutely, uh, uh, and taking time. I've been blessed by your book as well. I'm really looking forward to to looking at your Bible plan as well. Thanks for being my friend. Thanks for everything you're doing.
2: Thank you, Adrian and Tyler, for what you've
0: contributed. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Red Letter Business Podcast presented by CBMC Oklahoma. Each episode explores a story of an ordinary businessman who has had extraordinary impact on the lives of people they work with. Have you ever wondered how God wants to use you in his story? We'd love to be a part of your journey in figuring out how God wants to use you, whether that's through one of our C3 teams, Young Professional Program, our Trusted Advisors Forum, or a one-on-one discipleship relationship. Visit cbmcok.com to get connected. Hit subscribe and join us for our next episode. Have a great day.